Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to College Football Live. Desmond Howard, David Pollock. I'm Jason Fitz. As much fun as it's been all summer to talk about realignment. Gentlemen, it's week zero. We have actual real football games to break down, and that's what we're going to do throughout the course of this show. Here's some notable week zero games. Vandy traveling to face Hawaii in Honolulu. The Doors' first ever meeting against the Rainbow Warriors. The last time Hawaii hosted an SEC team was 2003, and oh, they beat Bama. Let's just roll with that. And next up on the notable game list, Jim Mora era begins at UConn with a matchup against the Utah State Aggies in Logan, Utah. Coming into the season, the Huskies have lost eight straight road games. Not good, which is tied for the seventh longest streak in FBS. So we'll see if they can break that. Also, on the slate, Wyoming heads to Illinois to face a fighting Illini team that has won their last 15 season openers at home. The Cowboys have lost seven straight to Big Ten programs, haven't won against the conference since 1996. And, of course, Nebraska Northwestern traveling to Ireland, home of the Guinness factory in a country where the legal drinking age is 18. So it's the Cornhuskers' first game played internationally since 92, the first ever game played by the Wildcats outside of the U.S. in program history. And then there's FAMU in North Carolina. News coming in today that the Rattlers will likely be shorthanded, missing double-digit players due to academic and transfer issues. The school spokesman did confirm to Pete Thamel that the game will be played tomorrow. Speaking of Pete Thamel, he joins us now. Pete, what's the latest on this situation? Yeah, it's been a fluid situation all day today, Jason. And uh, the reality is that FAMU is going to play at the University of North Carolina on Saturday. Uh, Coach Willie Simmons told me just a little while ago that the players initially had decided not to play because they were going to be down 20 players because of different eligibility issues and were down to seven healthy scholarship offensive linemen. Simmons said part of their decision was because of they were fr a frustration with internal policies and practices at the school. That has since evolved. FAM, FAMU is going to play at North Carolina after discussions with the president and others. Looming over all of this is the fact that the school is going to make $450,000 to play that game. But certainly the overriding feeling is, is one of squeamishness with FAMU going there. Uh, down 20 players, it, it is certainly going to be a daunting challenge against a high-end ACC team. Thanks for the update, Pete. You get a Gatorade break now, and we'll have you back later in the show to get us some breaking SEC news. In the meantime, gentlemen, let's get back to that Nebraska game versus Northwestern. Scott Frost took over in 2018. Since then, the Cornhuskers have yet to win a game against any team that finished the season ranked in the AP poll. They're 0-16 during that span, the worst in all of the FBS. Rutgers next worst at 0-15. You never want to be compared to Rutgers if you're in this situation. Dez, what do you need to see out of Scott Frost if he's going to keep his job? 
Wow, I tell you what, going to this game, uh, you know, going to the season, I don't think there's a coach, a head coach in college football who needs to win his first game more than Scott Frost. So with that being said, I know it, you know it, Pollock knows. I think everyone knows this. How is the approach of the players going to be in this game? Are they going to play tight like we're playing for our coach's job here? Will they be kind of tight or will they be loose? You know, going out there playing like, hey, we're in Ireland. Let's have fun. Let's just go out there and hang loose. I'm really curious to see the approach of the players. I don't blame everything on Scott Frost. You know, he doesn't throw all those interceptions. He's not, he wasn't out there fumbling the ball. As crazy as it may seem, as a player, sometimes you have to take the onus on yourself to go out there and play at a particular level or at a particular standard. And I thought that Scott Frost did a good job of keeping his guys in games. But, David, we would watch Nebraska play, and it was like a comedy of errors, the way they would just find ways to lose games late. And sometimes, as players, you got to take the onus on yourself to go out there and perform well. Yeah, it was. I mean, between special teams and fumbles and turnovers, they, they found ways to lose. And 15 wins in four years, four years for Scott Frost. 15. That's not good enough. This is the guy that was the, the chosen one, the golden boy that had offers from Florida that went back to Nebraska. And listen, he's changed his style now, too. This is what happens. They, they restructured his contact. Basically, they, they took a pay cut. Um, he took a pay cut, fired his offensive staff, brought in Mark Whipple, a new offensive coordinator, brought in 20 transfers. So, I think Scott Frost and Nebraska see the importance of this season and turning it around uh, because so far, you know, his four years has been nothing but disappointment. Well, as Des just mentioned, he's not the one out there throwing the football. This year, Casey Thompson, the transfer from Texas, will be that person that's throwing the football. Uh, David, what do you expect from him? Well, you know, it's interesting. He led passing touchdowns, which I think will take people by surprise, but he had a really good year last year, and I, I trust Casey Thompson not to do what Adrian Martinez did, turn the football over, be reckless, make some of those crazy plays, so I think it's more about Scott Frost hiring Mark Whipple and having an offensive identity. I think they've been all over the place offensively the last several years, but I think Casey Thompson, you bring in a guy with veteran leadership, with experience, and again, I'm mode now this is why you bring in Casey Thompson I believe that Casey Thompson will uh, settle the offense he's going to have the players at a level where now they can trust him when you watched the court the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers a year ago you were like you know how's Adrian how's the offense going to blow us what are they going to do are they going to fumble the ball they're going to throw an interception because you just expected something crazy to happen I think with Casey Thompson like David said with his leadership and um, his, his veteran, um, Moxie, I believe that he's going to sell this offense and they're going to be a much uh, more stable offense. They were kind of erratic a year ago. So I like this, um, this addition to the Cornhuskers offense. I think he's going to do a great job for Scott Frost in that offense. Yeah, in the meantime, Scott Frost is going to hope he can have Mel Tucker's luck with the transfer portal. He can reinvent this roster and they can win some football games. Gentlemen, we will continue to break it down, but still ahead on College Football Live. By their standards, it was a down year in Clemson last year. So the question is, what will it take for the Tigers to retake their familiar position atop the ACC? Are we sleeping on a national championship contender this year in Clemson? College Football Live is brought to you by 
Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit Progressive.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why do we embrace this? Because it's freaking awesome. That's why. This is a huge game. Up my chain, hitting like. Kings back. Nothing better than game day. Can't wait. Changes coming on the planes. Alan Green finalizing a deal to leave his position as athletic director at Auburn. He was at Buffalo before this. Been at Auburn since 2018. But when he asked, asked his administrators about his future back in January, he was told a decision will be made after the football season. That obviously changed. ESPN senior college football writer Pete Thamel joins us now. Pete, what went into this decision? Well, as, as, Auburn, as Auburn and Alan Green sort of hit a standoff here towards the end of his contract, Jason, this appeared inevitable. And Alan Green, according to my sources, approached Auburn within the last couple of weeks and basically said he didn't want to just have just sit, sit there and, and be a target, essentially, as his contract expired. It's important to know it's extremely rare for a Power 5 athletic director to be in the final months of his contract. So when asked for clarity... Alan Green didn't get any clarity, and so they negotiated a, a departure in, in the last few days. Do you have any clarity on who candidates might be for this job? Well, it's, it's very early right now. Uh, Auburn is a notoriously dysfunctional place. Kevin White's comments uh, today, the former Duke athletic director, certainly accentuated that reputation. My hunch is that Auburn will go with someone with Auburn ties, someone who understands the fraught political nature of that job, couple names with Auburn ties are UConn AD David Benedict, Virginia Tech AD Whit Babcock, and FIU AD Scott Carr. Another couple names to think about would be Brent Jones at Troy, Jared Benko at Georgia Southern, John Hartwell at Utah State, and Brian Maggard at Louisiana. It is still a job where you can win the national title in football, and there aren't a lot of those jobs in college football. It just comes with some rocky terrain. Pete, thanks for the update. We appreciate you, my friend. Have a great day. We're going to move on now from the SEC to the ACC. Last season, the Pitt Panthers won their first ever ACC championship, but their starting quarterback from that team, Kenny Pickett, is battling to be a starter for the Steelers. It'll be tough for Pat Narduzzi's squad to repeat. To take a deeper dive into the numbers in the ACC, we turn to Chris Felica, the Bear. In the ACC, the song remains the same. 
Clemson's Tigers are the Kings, and it's always Clemson walking away with the trophy. Six straight ACC titles, six straight college football playoff appearances, 97 straight weeks on the AP Top 10. It all came to an end in 2021 for Clemson. Can the Tigers get back to those lofty levels? That depends on their quarterback play. Among 62 qualified Power 5 quarterbacks last year, DJ Uyunglele ranked 54th with a QBR of 43. The Tigers averaged 5.6 yards per dropback, good for 109th in the country, down from 8.0 in 2020 and 8.1 in 2019. Who benefited the most from Clemson's decline? That would be Pitt. Picking a beautiful set and throw. Addison for the touchdown! But gone from the 2021 ACC champions are over 4,300 passing yards and 42 touchdown passes from Kenny Pickett, along with Jordan Addison's 100 receptions, nearly 1,600 receiving yards, and 17 touchdowns. Whoever steps in to replace that duo will know they have one of the best defenses in the country. Over the last three years, no team in the country has more sacks than Pitt's 151, and only Georgia has allowed fewer yards per carry than the Panthers' 2.76. When the league expanded, the thought was Florida State and Miami would regularly compete for the ACC title. But since 2017, Miami has the same record as Wake Forest, while Florida State is just 26-33, 10th among 14 ACC teams. Tyler Van Dyke is really, really special. You have a natural leader that demands as much of himself as he does of anybody else. Giving the Canes hope is quarterback Tyler Van Dyke, who ended last season with six straight games of 300 passing yards and three touchdowns. In the college football playoff era, the only other quarterback to have a streak that long, 2019 Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow. There he is, going to the end zone, touchdown NC State! This kid's going to be outstanding. Yeah. Just watch. 2022's biggest buzz team is NC State and their quarterback, Devin Leary, whose 35-5 touchdown-to-interception ratio last year is the third best among returning Power 5 quarterbacks. But make no mistake, the strength of the Wolfpack is its defense. 88% of all production is back from a unit that ranked in the top 15 nationally in 3-and-out percentage, third-down defense, and points per drive. All of the pieces are in place for NC State's first 10-win season since 2002. All right, thanks, Bear. We're going to stick in the ACC. Florida State opens its season tomorrow at home against Duquesne. Jordan, uh, Jordan Travis back under center for the Knowles. Mike Norvell entering year three as head coach. FSU has not finished a season with a winning record since 2017. In fact, Florida State does have some good news. They added FCS transfer Jared Verse, who had nine and a half sacks in Albany last season to bolster a crew that lost ACC Defensive Player of the Year, Jermaine Johnson II, to the NFL. Johnson had an ACC best 12 sacks of the team's 33 last season, the most by a Florida State player since Demarcus Walker had 16 all the way back in 2016. So, David, it's been a minute since FSU was relevant on the national stage. Will things be any different this year? 
Well, national stage implies like they're going to be competing for top 10 or something like that. No, I don't think they're there. But, dude, they had a run of 40 years from 77 to 2017 where they didn't have a losing season. So people like Dez and people like myself grew up going, FSU is really awesome. The last four years, all these kids that have been through high school, they haven't even seen them have a winning record. So I, I expect them to be similar in the same boat. Now, listen, if this is if they're going to do it, and if this coach is going to be the guy, and if you're going to prove to me that you're the coach and you're the coach of the future, this is the year. You've been playing all the youth, all the young guys the last couple years. You bring back a ton of experience. Uh, you bring back Jordan Travis at the quarterback, the offensive line, everything basically but your defensive pass rush, which you'll have to build. So if this is the year for FSU um, to get back to at least a winning season, then coaching changes will come. Yeah, I think this will be the year that they will get back to a winning season. Um, word out of Tallahassee is that this is this is the best team he's had since he's been up there. And uh, like you said, you bring back Jordan Travis, bringing back eight starters on offense and eight on defense too. Now you're talking about a veteran team with veteran leadership. They took some lumps a year ago, left a bad taste in their mouth. They can't wait to get back on the field and prove that they're a better team and that they're a better program. So I expect the Florida State to be uh, to be much better than they were a year ago. We may be talking about well, they only have five wins, so maybe seven, eight wins, which I think, you know, the alumni would be a little happy. <laughs> That'd be a great with. year. Hey, depending on who That'd those wins year. are up against, too. I mean, we've depending seen. Depending on who they beat, exactly. Yeah. All three of us were at Memphis. We've seen Mike Norvell have success. Hopefully he can do that at Florida State right. as well. In the meantime, Illinois has got a starting quarterback situation. At this point, they've named Tommy DeVito as their starting quarterback for the opener against Wyoming tomorrow. DeVito transferred in from Syracuse. He started 15 games there, threw for 28 touchdowns, almost 3,900 yards there. So it leads to expectations, conversations there. David, what do you expect from Brett Bielema and his team in his second year as head coach? They had an up-and-down year. When you talk about Bielema, I mean, to beat Penn State is, is such a high, but then you lose to Rutgers, and I think offensively they needed to find something. They went to Barry Looney. Like, they brought in a new OC from, from UTSA, and I think it all depends on where they are offensively. It's going to be a new spread, up-tempo offense. I, listen, Illinois, to me, winning would be a bowl game. Can they get to a bowl game? I think they might be able to get to a bowl game. It'll be a stretch. They'll be right there at that 5-6 win mark. That's my expectations for Brett Bielema in year two. I would, I would be shocked if they got to a bowl game. I think it's a, a rebuilding year. Like, Don't forget, a year ago, he, had, he inherited like 18 starters. So that was a veteran team, and they did beat Penn State, right? They beat Nebraska, right? They beat Minnesota. Now they get Michigan and Michigan State out of the East. That's going to be a rough year for them. Bringing back 13 starters, I think that uh, it's going to be a rebuilding year for Illinois. Like I said, guys, I would really be surprised if they make it to a bowl game. <laughs> and, and which is, you know, that's crazy because there are a lot of bowls out there. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously for Coach, it's a little bit of an uphill battle. Uh, we'll be patient, you know. It, it, at least rebuilding towards one of those 472 bowls is, is the right approach. Don't Google it, it's accurate. All right, uh, still ahead on college football. On the Emerald Isle tomorrow, we'll take a look at what the Huskers and Wildcats have been up to in Ireland. We'll get you caught up on that next College Football Live.
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The college football season starts tomorrow and the 17th annual MEAC SWAC Challenge kickoff game has Howard squaring off against Alabama State. Our celebration of the HBCUs begins at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. You do not want to miss it. In the meantime, you don't want to miss this game, Nebraska-Northwestern. We got some players here. Video of Northwestern and Nebraska making their ways to Ireland the past few days. It's about an eight and a half hour ride for the Purple Cats to Dublin. Nine and a half hours for the Huskers. Here's Northwestern DB Cameron Mitchell with his Irish trivia for some teammates back when they were stateside. I need a trivia question. I'm gonna ask the people today. I got a trivia question. I'm gonna ask some trivia questions. What's your trivia question? You know, since I'm, I'm 116th Irish. We're going to Ireland in a couple in a couple of weeks. What do you find at the end of a rainbow? Pot of gold, pot of gold. What is the capital of Ireland? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Question remains unsolved. I wake up in the morning every day, right? And I say, can I be like you? You're on the field, swagger. Crazy. See, we get the camera out, guys start acting different. You think it'd be me, because I'm mic'd up. You think it'd be me, but it's really everybody else. I, I could never switch up. I can't imagine asking you two to be on my Irish trivia team. In the meantime, uh, Pollock, what does all of this mean? Like, you're trying to figure out how to, game, uh, how to play a game overseas. What challenge does it present? Well, first of all, it's really cool for the players. I I'm sure they've enjoyed seeing different things, and, I mean, we – we kind of like the new things and new challenges. So I'm not sure that they they care that much. But as for a coaching staff to go to Ireland, play a game, you come back. Now, listen, Northwestern's smart. They got a bye week. Their schedule worked out well. Nebraska's got to play next week. All these coaches are going to tell you they lose a whole day of prep. They got to get used to, you know, back acclimated to the time zones. And so they're going to lose time. So they're not going to be happy with all that. So I definitely think – That'll play a big role when you talk about, you know, the travel and all that stuff and lost time with, with coaches because they'll be ticked off about it. I can promise you that. I would approach it like a bowl game. I mean, let's just say we're playing the Aloha Bowl. We flew to Hawaii, right? Just approach it like a bowl game. Use the first day, day and a half to, like, enjoy the culture, you know, see the city, see the sights. You know, this is a heck of an experience for the young student athletes. But then, because you get all your work done before you get on that plane and travel across, you know, uh, across, over, the, over the pond or over the waters anyway. So I would treat it like a bowl game, and that would be the best way to, to approach this game if you're Nebraska or um, Northwestern. Look, go ahead, Pollock. Fitz, Fitz, wait a second, Fitz. Treat it like a bowl game, Des. 
but actually play, right? Like actually participate in the game, right? Wow. This is what he's doing. This is what he's well, doing. Well, you know, neither one, neither, both these teams had three wins a year ago, so they may not know what a bowl game feels like. <laughs> Might as well enjoy it. The shade. I'm just saying, y'all, like, I, obviously I never played football, but I played in Dublin plenty of times. You can get yourself in some trouble in Ireland, so they just all need to stay focused on the game. He's David Pollock. He's Desmond, Desmond Howard. I'm Jason Fitz. Thanks for hanging out with us on College Football Live. Enjoy actual games this weekend. <laughs>